I always say I have the best job in the world. I get to help women unlock their limitless potential so they can have it all. If your mind is saying you can't have it all, that's fear running the show. I'm here to tell you, the only thing between you and holistic success is you. The doors to Limitless Warrior are officially open. Join Limitless Warrior. It's time to dig deep and shine bright. It's time to permanently break up with fear. If you want all the holistic success you've been dreaming of, join us. It's a 12-week program, once a week, on a Zoom for 90 minutes. Get off that hamster wheel and be the limitless woman you know you are inside. The link to save your spot is limitless-warrior.com. Join us. Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. I am fascinated by people who realize their gifts later in life. Sometimes we are so blocked by what society, family, and other people's judgments are that we don't realize our passions and turn them into money-making careers. What ideas are you sitting on? What intuitive hits are you ignoring? What divine downloads are you not acting on? My guest today is an intuitive medium, healer, and a coach. Not only did she realize these gifts later in life, but because of her trauma she experienced as a child and her own ancestral trauma, her gifts have been heightened. Now she uses these gifts to help others. One of the things I love about this podcast is meeting amazing women and learning from them. A common theme in the women I interview is women who take their pain and turn it into purpose. Now that is a warrior woman. Don't forget to sign up for my 30-day challenge with your special discount link in the bio so you can feel good. And leave us a five-star written review if you like the show. Subscribe and follow to hear all the latest episodes. Okay, let's get into it. But first, how good do you want to feel? Feeling good is not anything you have to earn, but it is an actionable choice you have to take. I am offering you the opportunity to join my Warrior Women 30-Day Challenge. I have chosen four superpowers to focus on for this 30-Day Challenge. Once you master even one of these everything starts to shift. Week one is all about self-compassion. In week two, we're going to talk about the importance of pleasure, why we think we have to earn it, and why sacrificing and suffering lead to burnout. In week three of the 30-Day Warrior Women Challenge, we learn about abundance. In week four, you are going to learn how to access ease and flow. You can begin this 30-Day Challenge anytime you want, and you can even do it more than once. You can do it at the pace that works for you. Own your worth and own your life. Put yourself not only back on the list, but right at the top. I dare you. You can access the 30-day challenge by accessing the link in the show notes. 
And because you are a podcast listener, you're going to get this for only $39. 30 days of working on you for 39 bucks? That is a hell yes. Okay, warriors, the challenge has been issued. The only question is, will you take it? Well, how good do you want to feel? Love you, warriors. Hi, everybody. Today on the show, Tammy Lip. Tammy Lip was in commercial real estate when she suffered a horrible postpartum depression. She decided to be an entrepreneur. But during the COVID reset, Tammy realized that the voices that she had been hearing since she was a child were a sign that she was a medium. Now, as an intuitive healer, medium, and coach, Tammy offers her clients psychic energy readings as well as chronic and clairvoyant healing. She activates the understanding of the invisible parts of life to help other people move into their fullest expression and live life with joy. Oh my gosh, she's here, everyone. It's Unicorn Princess Tammy. Welcome to the show, Tammy. Thank you, Liz. That was a most magical introduction. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I love your podcast voice, by the way. I'm so excited you're on the show. We are super good friends and you are part of my it takes two to make a thing go right dynamic duo singing partner like we love each other so i'm so (laughs) thrilled to have you and your purple hair on this podcast today thank you thank you i'm I'm so happy to be here with you liz thank you yay okay so let's talk about you tammy tell me about your life growing up i'm so curious about you because a person that's hearing voices in their head (laughs) must think they're insane tell me about your life growing up and your life with your parents how did your childhood lead to the woman and the work you're doing today well i had a pretty standard childhood by most accounts um a mom and a dad i'm the oldest of three kids i have a younger brother and a younger sister And we lived in a middle-class neighborhood here in South Florida. And I was about, I think maybe two, two, probably a little before I was two years old. I had this very vivid imaginary friend and his name was Adrak, right? And my mom- Adrak? What was his name? Adrak. Adrak. That's what he told me. That was his name. It's like my imaginary friend's name wasn't Fred or Sue. You know, it was, uh, it was Adrak. I don't know where exactly he's from or what uh, planet or dimension, but my mom um, and dad would get very frustrated with me because I made them set like a place at the dinner table and buckle him into the car seat. And it was a very big, big part of my life. Like I wouldn't let my dad sit in his favorite chair because like Adrak was sitting there and my parents had had enough and my mom was really concerned that I was out of my freaking mind. (laughs) So she took me to the doctor and the doctor was, I remember very distinctly said, Oh, she's very intelligent very creative. And it's actually a sign of intelligence. Don't, you know, don't be panicked. But as a little girl, I was like, Oh, I just felt very wrong. You know, and I felt like I was doing something to shame my mom and make her freak out about me. Adrak went away shortly after my brother was born. And I really had such a a relationship with him that I could still see him if I closed my eyes, which makes me wonder sometimes if he was an imaginary friend or if he was one of my first guides, you know, coming to me. My childhood was very loving and I had a loving family. We were, we put the fun and dysfunctional, I like to say, but I had been exposed to a cousin who was um, about seven or eight years older than me. And, um, 
she was allowed to be alone with me and to kind of have unadulterated access to me. And my parents didn't know that she was touching me inappropriately and doing inappropriate things with me. And I think what had happened was my already penchant to communicate with the intangible parts of life and to commune with these these entities became more heightened because my nervous system was stimulated at a really early inappropriate age. And for a really long time, it went on until I was just before puberty. And I finally kind of realized what was happening. And honestly, right before I kind of woke up to like, hey, this is kind of wrong. What's going on? Was when my cousin wanted to hang out with my little sister and sleep in the bed with my little sister. And like something happened inside of me where in that moment it was like, no, I had to protect my sister and also having the realization that I was not okay and that I was in a bad situation. That night, I don't normally see dead people, but that night I actually did see an apparition. And I believe it was because I was having such a major awakening of what was going on. And I was simultaneously, I didn't know this then, I didn't know this for many decades later, but I was simultaneously healing a lot of ancestral trauma in my family by realizing what was happening, waking up to myself, protecting my sister, then telling my family what happened. And then that sparked my mom to have conversations with her cousins and things like that. And so we ended up figuring out where this was coming from, where this pedophilia was coming from in my family. And it was really healing, I think, because once you start to put light on it, things can really start to shift. And that night, as my sister was in the bottom bunk and I was in the top bunk and my cousin was sleeping, I actually saw out of my closet, it was like this floating old woman with like a bun in her hair. And I didn't obviously see her bottom, but she kind of floated over where my face was pressed up against my bed. And she just like touched my face and it was super cold and just like kissed me. And I was frozen, not knowing who this, yeah, not knowing who this was or what was happening. And I had never seen a ghost before and never after, thank goodness, because I think that's very scary. But I I like went out of the bed. My cousin was sleeping. My sister was sleeping. I went out of my bunk bed. I ran into the kitchen and looked at my parents and they were like, what's the matter? And I was like, I don't know, nothing. I'm going to go to bed now. I didn't know what to say to them. Like, I just saw a weird ghost come kiss me out of the closet. Many, many, many years later, after lots of inner work and introspection, I've come to realize I feel that's one of my ancestors. And she was just coming to, you know, give me some strength. But it was at that time that I really started to understand that I could see things and perceive things that other people maybe could not. And I was a little scared of it and I was nervous about it. So I didn't you tell your parents that you could like he- hear things or see things or first of, no. all, first of all, let's go back. Wait one, one second. That it, first of all, I, you know, you're really making me think because a lot of times when we hear these molestation stories, it's more, you know, you would never leave the boy and the girl alone. Um, seven years older, but you know, a lot of parents I think would never think about a girl, especially if it's a cousin, like, why would that be a problem? Right. That's really good that you're bringing that up just in case anybody's getting a little intuitive hit right now that there's something going on in their family. I want to just acknowledge that, you know, that can happen that between two girls and, and can be still molestation and all the things. But also interesting, Tammy, that, that, that is something that you found through your 
research and work that when you are molested as a child, that you have basically a, a really oversensitized nervous system, which I'm sure sometimes can lead to really negative things, Tammy, but in your case has led to something positive because you've kind of found a way to channel it, I guess. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because when I discovered this mediumship thing and I started doing research, there's a lot of people that discuss the um, prototype of somebody who is kind of, and, and panic attacks and depression and anxiety is like the number one thing that psychic mediums experience. I didn't know that. That was something completely unknown to me. And it, it wasn't even until I would say maybe a year ago that I had discovered that the abuse could have led to these experiences and me being super stimulated in a way that was, you know, inappropriate for my age. The thing is that, you know, you, you think that you're crazy, you know, you think that you're, well, part of me thought that I was crazy. And part of me thought that everyone could do the things that I was doing that just nobody talked about it kind of a thing. Like that it was normal on some level. Yeah. Like, don't you see that too? Or like, you know, can't you see, like, I laugh because when I watched that movie in Kanto from Disney, I feel like Bruno <laughs> because like, I would always be, you know, Hey, don't do that. Or this is going to happen kind of thing. And, and then people would get, you know, upset with me like, Hey, you made that happen. And it's like, no, couldn't you tell that too? You know? And I didn't understand a lot of times why I could see that, you know, I could see these things, you know, I could see this, the succession of events that would possibly occur. It wasn't until much later in my life that I realized not everybody sees the world through that lens. And that gave me a lot more confidence with my gifts. But the healing part of it comes from really taking the anxiety, taking the depression, taking what could be crippling fear. Because I lived like that. I mean, struggled with weight and um, anxiety and food addictions and all different things to try and like get control over my emotions and get control over the overactive stimulation. Cause it's like, it's taking in so much and it's like, just calm it down, you know? And now that I've realized these gifts and I've started using them and serving people with them, the relief from the anxiety, the relief from the panic attacks, coupled with energetic hygiene, coupled with the inner work, coupled yeah. with, you know, the things that you need. But really what my guides had showed me was that like I, right before discovered all of this and had the postpartum episode was like, I had a lot of, you know, medical fears and a lot of like hypochondriac stuff. And it was like, I would say to myself, like, what is this? And the answer I would get is like, gifts gone wild. And what the hell does that mean? Gifts <laughs> you know, gone wild. Gifts gone that. wild. Yeah. Like what's happening here? And it's like, oh, you have these gifts, you know, you're medically intuitive and you're a healer and you're all these things and you're just not using them. You don't even know them. And so they're turning on you. And it's like, what? And that made so much sense later on because it's like, I wasn't aware of them and wasn't using them. And they were literally, they're still here. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> they were just like stuck energy, on me. Right. It's like stuck energy, things that like want to come out and be doing things that you're just sitting on. And so, and then it's feeling so uncomfortable because it's stuck. So then you're like, let me like push it down more with food or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. And um, every little pain I think is like, Oh, is that cancer? Is it a tumor? Like what, you know, that's not, a, that's not a normal way to be. And yeah. I can say, luckily that that has really resolved itself. So if anyone's struggling with some of those things, you know, they maybe consider that you have some intuition and that you have some gifts that you're unaware of. And if you don't output at a certain age and it becomes, you know, too much for your body, it starts to implode on you. 
Totally. I mean, you kind of knew you had some gifts, but then you were like in commercial real estate and you're doing other things. But Tammy, tell me what happened during COVID that made you realize you were a healer? Before COVID, back in 2004, I, um, I had a really close friend of mine. His name was Kevin. He, in 2002, told me that they had found a mass like in his brain. And by 2004, he passed away and he was 30. He was only 33 years old for about a month before he passed away. And we were really close for about seven years um, prior to his passing. And so losing him was really traumatic for me. Obviously, he was the first person I've ever lost that was close to me. Um, and just a very natural progression, which I didn't realize, like after he passed away, I continued conversations with him and communicating with him, which I'm sure many people do when their loved ones pass away. Um, and I always thought it was like my imagination that, you know, we'd be having these conversations. And I always thought it was like just me on both sides, but it wasn't until it continued. And then I, you know, would start to have little things pop into my mind that, you know, he would say that I, that I thought maybe, you know, maybe I am communicating with him. <laughs> and then as I, as I, you know, lost other people in my life and had other experiences, um, it became like questionable that it was all me in my head. And I was like, wow, I think I really am communicating with other, you know, other people. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, there's other psychic mediums, you know, why not me? Like, why couldn't I be getting those messages too? Um, and then I had, um, I remember having a conversation with my husband at one point, we had lost a friend and um, I said, well, don't you ever talk to, you know, to Joey and, and, you know, out loud and whatever, when you're thinking of him. And he says, yeah. And he's, but he never talks back to me. <laughs> and I, and at that moment I was like, oh shit, like maybe not everybody gets that, um, you know, that feedback kind of thing. Um, and it, and so, like a two-way street for you. It's not just like, yeah, right. You're having like a two-way yeah. conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, and I always just thought like, you know, that was either my vivid imagination or maybe I was a little nutty, like who knows, you know? And then, so during COVID, when all of these things like um, gave me the opportunity to really kind of go in and do the inner work and having all these realizations, um, it became obvious that I was actually communicating with other, other people. And I was having a two-way conversation um, and getting answers and information that I couldn't possibly know other ways. Um, and then, and then from there it was, it was, um, you know, the more you do it and the more you're open to it, the more than you receive. You know, we can try to run away from our gifts, <laughs> but eventually they're going to hunt us down and we're going to have to do it. I know people are skeptical of psychics. I definitely am and was, or not am, well, I am of certain ones maybe, but I was, even when we had our reading, I was resistant and I was like, I don't know, Tammy, let's talk about it. And I, even the things you told me, I was like, no, no. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, wait, no, that is right. <laughs> so it sometimes it takes me a minute. What are some real life examples you can tell us kind of like cool stories of like when you were kind of spot on about some interesting things? I don't know, some things that kind of pop into your mind. Okay. And first of all, that's very common um, that people don't right away get the messages. And honestly, skepticism is good. You should have healthy skepticism always. And psychics, listen, I always say we're accessing subtle information. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it could be, it could go a lot of different ways, but somebody when they're, when they're really connecting to you can get a lot of information that 
you need at that moment, but you may not be presently thinking of. And that's what often what happens is somebody comes into a reading and they want to know who am I going to marry or what's going to happen. And then, right. you know, something else comes in and they're like, who was I'm thinking about that? So some things that come to mind as I was reading recently, somebody had referred her mom to me after she had a great reading. She says, oh, read my mom, read my mom. So the mom was a little older and she had never really had a psychic reading before. She didn't know what to expect. And the entire reading was kind of like me, you know, getting impressions and then her saying, no, no. And then she said, no, no, um, no, no, no. Pretty much would everything. And I was like, okay, you know, I said, you know, are your parents Italian? Or because she really wanted to connect with her past on mom. I said, is your mom Italian? She says, no. I says, or any of your parents Italian? She says, no. And I said, well, I'm getting this vivid impression of an Italian woman, like with an apron with like food in her apron. And she's like handing out the food. And, and the woman's like looking at me like I'm crazy. She's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, all right, let me feel in again. And I'm feeling in. And I'm like, well, there's a man actually with her. And, and they're both sitting at like a table with like red checkered tablecloth, very Italian, Chianti, the whole thing. I said, and the name is like Luigi. I know that's very like, you know, Joe, like overly Italian. And then all of a sudden she goes, oh, and I go, what's what? Do you know somebody like that? And she goes, my ex's, her ex-husband's parents, their name was Luisa and Luis, very Italian people, both passed away. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, like that makes a lot of sense. And I felt very validated because it was coming very strong, but she was very adamant, like, no, no, this is, you know, this is not right. And it turned out to be a great reading. And I gave her a lot of specific information that later on, I got a lot of emails from her the next day or the day after saying, oh, and I remembered this and I remember that. And it was just really cool to see how somebody who can be very skeptical, because she was pretty skeptical, you know, can get messages that are really meaningful and, you know, to really get... She was hoping to connect with her mom, which we did, but her in-laws came through, you know, they were very close. Sometimes it's an unexpected person. Yeah. You know, like you just don't know. And they gave her some really nice messages. Yeah. So it was very healing. And that's often um, the thing is that spirit's going to bring the healing messages that you need and not necessarily the messages you're looking for. Although we can certainly dig in there and, and try to get information for you, but they're always going to try to give you the most healing things first. So a lot of times I don't even know what I'm saying to the person, but I say something and then the person will start crying or have like a visceral reaction just because I'm getting something and I'm like poking into it a little bit, but it goes right to a pain point, you know, it goes right to, you know, from a weird direction. So it seems like, well, that's not for me or that's not, no, that's not, you know, right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So while you, if any, if anything comes to you while we're on this, are you going to let me know if something happens? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to uh, feel in a little bit and see what we can, what we can come up with. Before we got on here, you mentioned uh, a mutual friend of mine from college, our friend Pam, you mentioned, you know, did we have this friend in college? And we did. We had this friend in college. You kind of described him. I thought it was really funny. We call him PW, but his name is John Selman. And uh, you kind of conjured him up. So I thought that was interesting. So I'm going to make sure I, I reach out to him and mention that to him. So I thought that it was really kind of fun that you came up with that this morning. Thank uh, you. And I'll, I'll have to text him and see if he has any information for me or I don't know what. Yeah, he might be. Uh, oh, Liz, I was thinking about you. I wanted to ask you something or something. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, so I'm going to ask him. How do you coach people alongside of your intuitive gifts? Because that's kind of an interesting match that you're doing now. So we both actually took this coaching certification together. But you're used, and everybody's using it so differently, which is so cool. Like I love that idea that you can take a coaching certification and you can use it for like we have friends that are doing it financially. We have friends that are using, you know 
for one-on-one corporate coaching. We all over the map. I use it for my masterminds and for my, you know, women's groups and different things. You are using it through your mediumship. So explain how that kind of works. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's very um, cool to see everybody run with it in their own way. And I love being the, you know, anti-religious spiritual uh, version of what we do is amazing. So the, the way that I see the world a lot is through the elements, you know, through the elements that make up the world, um, through the elements that make up our DNA. So I like to deliver the coaching along with education on the tangible and intangible part of our human system. So like educating people about our subtle energy bodies and what they are and how to get them in synergy, which is what I call my program with each other so that you can have this alignment and that you can master your energy to do the things that whatever your dreams are, maybe your dreams are not being a psychic medium, maybe they're doing something else, but you can use the same formula with any person to obtain your own alignment. And so I deliver it in a way that is mindset coaching, but it's also, we we are able to move through like recognizing patterns of ancestral trauma and bringing in information from that person's own specific soul records in real time. So like if we're doing the work and we're going over belief work and it's like, oh, I have these beliefs and it's in my mind and where do they come from? And like, we can kind of get in there real, real quick and find where they came from a past life, this life, your mom, whatever, and really bring light and awareness to it. <clears throat> so it's like mindset coaching, but it's also with an intuitive who kind of have, has access to subtle information that could be really helpful as you're moving through some of these, especially cyclical patterns of ancestral karma and traumas and really like healing the religious wounds. Cause many of my clients are light workers. Many of my clients are themselves very intuitive. Many of my clients are also looking to do some kind of healing work in the world. And there is a lot of religious oppression and trauma around this type of work. And so my intent as we burned at the stake for this work. Yeah, big time. And as a recovering Catholic, you know, I had a lot of mixed messages growing up about, you know, psychics and mediumship and burning in hell and all of those things, which was really added to my own anxiety and trauma. So I'm here to normalize that women especially have this connection to this infinite intelligence that we're all, you know, connected to and to help us, you know, access that. And you really, you have to kind of like forget this religious programming of like not letting your body feel good and not, you know, not connecting to God through yoga. And there's all these different things that religion tells you is not good that actually is very helpful, not only for intuition, but for mental health, you know, and for your own Absolutely. For your own system. For your so it's yeah, it's like a disservice to everybody. And I know that's controversial, but that's what I'm here to do is kind of disrupt <laughs> divinely the whole situation. You're a divine disruptor. Yes. You talked a little bit about ancestral trauma. It's becoming more and more mainstream. We're talking about it. They've now done all these studies. Well, there's studies that say that physical pain and emotional pain are actually the exact same. That when you are in emotional pain, over anything, it can literally send the same set of nerves and all the things, you know, in your body, it reacts the exact same as it does to physical pain. So it's like to acknowledge like emotional pain is real. And, but also ancestral trauma is real because they are now showing that, you know, even if your grandmother was in the Holocaust and you never met her, 
that DNA can come down. You know, they've shed, shown studies yeah. of little girls who never met their grandmothers, can walk into the apartment where the grandmother lives, show you everything in there, tell you that she doesn't like to be, go on a train for obvious reasons. And, you know, all these interesting things we're now realizing how insane DNA is and how we can pass down PTSD and all these other things. So in terms of ancestral trauma and, and healing ourselves and unlocking ourselves, because sometimes we really don't know, like we're like, what? I mean, some people do know exactly what their tra- where their traumas lie, but other people are like, I don't know what is going on with me, right? What has been your experience? You know, I know personally you've had, you know, with the molestation, that was a big, big thing for you and your family finding out that ancestral trauma. But how do you help your clients with ancestral trauma? So the interesting thing is, like you said, we not only get our brown eyes and our curly hair from our parents, we get their traumas and their successes as well. Everything that's programmed into them. I believe we carry 16 sets of of parents with us in our DNA, our physical DNA, but in your ethereal DNA, you know, it's infinite. Those things will haunt you if you don't know them. And even if you do know them, they can haunt you. I've had clients talk about fear of driving long distances and fears of, you know, driving at night. And while the person was talking about it, I was seeing, oh, this is karmic. This is cyclical. And I said to her, well, do you know? And she said, and then she said, oh, my mom also has this fear of driving. And I said, oh, well, you know, at that point in my coaching, I wasn't totally confident in my (laughs) clairvoyant abilities, but I said to her, you know, I'm feeling like this is something for you to check out, you know, and talk to your mom about and see if this is maybe in your history, your family's history, and maybe do some meditation and see if, you know, your guides can show you what this is about. And she was like, oh, that's a great idea. So she did talk to her mom about it. Her mom said, I'm not really sure of any family history. And then she went and did a meditation and she had a crazy experience in the meditation. She said she she was shown a woman white knuckle driving in like a very old vehicle and what felt like a war zone in like a countryside. And there was like bombs coming down all around her. And she was like trying to get out of the way. And she said she was really feeling the fear and the panic that this woman was experiencing. And while she was recounting the story to me, I was like seeing all the connections, you know, like, wow, this is her ancestor who had fled some kind of a war zone during a bomb situation. Yeah. And was like driving erratically and stuff. And had kind of created this fear in the women in her family of driving, you know, especially at night and long distances. And that realization gave her so much healing, just the realization. And she really, you know, worked on it. And to this day, I believe that she has made a lot of strides and she even moved to a different state and is comfortably driving around the new state and everything like with new problems. So just that's amazing. Just that little that's a great example, right? Like she doesn't know why she has this fear and really it's actually ancestral and the whole thing. That's really interesting. So that's great that you can help people with that. I think sometimes people are like, where is this coming from? Like, I know that this is not really coming from me, you know, how can people work with you? Because you kind of mentioned one of your programs. So I just want you to kind of tell people how you work. 
Awesome. So um, the coaching, I'm offering Synergy, which features the framework of Mind Magic, and that's a 12-week program. In that program, there's a VIP level, which gives you access to one-on-one coaching with me, but it's a group program, basically. And then also I offer intuitive sessions individually. And those sessions, they can, we can do energy reading, healing, we can do mediumship, we can read the Akashic records. When you're working with me, there's always a level of coaching that goes on just because that's who I am by nature. I'm always, I love to give these messages but to me, if I can't give you a way to make your life better with a message, then the fact that your grandma likes Chanel number five is not that exciting to me. It's like I wanted to, I want you to understand whatever that, you know, message is for you that can make your your inner development journey going to be um, that more powerful. So I try to give messages and I try to bring that healing alongside of learning and growing and expansion, not just, you know are your dead loved ones okay? Of course they're okay. And I love to bring those messages. That's wonderful. But you know, a lot of times um, people will have experiences and they don't understand that what they went through was karmically contracted. They were either maybe meant to find their father, you know, not living in the chair and they, and they were the person. And it's like, just saying to them, Hey, you guys had this arrangement. Hey, this was your, and person has like a huge shift in that moment, just knowing that information. And to me, that's because when you put light on something, the healing begins immediate. And that's why ancestral trauma healing is so powerful because even if there is still more work past that, just putting the awareness on it, yeah, you know, changes. changes. And and tell me, what is the Akashic record? You mentioned that before. Explain to us what that is. So the Akashic record is sometimes in Judaism, they'll call it the tree of life. You know, it has many different um, names and different, uh, different faiths, but so it is the compendium of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intentions ever to have occurred in the past, in the present, in the future, from all living life forms, not just humans that ever existed. So no big deal, but just like a record of every single thing that ever happened or ever will happen exists in the, what we call the mental plane, the astral plane. Right. And, and if you get into like deep esoteric and mystery um, school subjects, like I like to nerd out in, you'll hear them say like, our world is a mental world. You know, our God is a mental God and all these, you know, things, but basically the astral plane, the mental plane is the plane where all these things exist in infinity. Oh, wow. That is, that's, that is a big damn deal. So you can read that and you can see kind of where people are. Yes. And that's what most psychic mediums are accessing is this plane of information, which we all kind of work on the same level here. Some people specialize like in the healing aspect of it. Some people specialize in the psychic reading and predicting the future. Some people specialize in the mediumship and the connecting. Um, some people do all of them, which I guess depends on where you feel called to, but the records are there for anyone to read. And anyone has act, anyone doesn't, t- you don't have to be specially trained. Anyone can be intending to access them and get access to them if they want to. I know it seems cool. Difficult, but it's true. I love that. I love the whole idea. Okay. Is anything coming through you want to tell me? Or if not, we're going to go right into the speed round, sis. So you let's see. Let's see. We feel in a little bit here. You know, this is what people want to know. I know. No one wants to hear about, <laughs> no no to hear about my child. They want to say, what's going on? In this? I know, right? This little energy field. No pressure. No pressure. So right now, I'm seeing like a yellow like a yellow flower, like a daisy with a yellow center. And it's like a bunch of flowers. 
And so when I zoom in, it looks like there's a card on the flowers. Let's see what we see here. You have a sister, right? Yes. Do you have one sister or two sisters? I have one sister and one stepsister. Okay. So with the flowers, it feels like the flowers are in this case representing the relationship with both of your sisters. I have actually my flat, my, I also have a really, really close relationship with my two sister-in-laws. Ah, okay. That's interesting. That's, those are really my closest uh, sister relationships. Okay. Rachel and, Mar and Marie. I'm seeing this, but I'm seeing it like drawn together. So are you planning on getting together with them soon? Maybe like Mother's Day or something coming up that you're all getting together and doing something? No, because the one lives in Iowa. So we, but we're, you know, we probably need to, we've been talking about getting together on a call. So we're talking about that. And my, my, my other sister-in-law has actually just bought tickets to come see us in Italy. Oh, okay. Is there one of those sisters that's kind of like the one that pulls you all together and like, gets you on the phone and gets you to do all of that? Yeah. Are you that person? Well, it's a combination. It's me and, and Marie. Yes. Okay. So what I'm seeing is like with this flower analogy is like the coming together with your sisters, but it doesn't feel like just one of them. It feels like all of them. It looks like all of them to me, not just one. And it's like a girl's trip and I'm seeing like you bring your daughter and your mom, I think. I, I feel like there's a girl's trip. It's what, it's what I feel like this is like the date to me. So I'm like, I'm getting these images and then I have to kind of decipher like what they mean and what yeah, they yeah. feel like. And so this feels like sisters being pulled together and it's like to celebrate femininity and to celebrate women together time which is not that shocking if you know you. Well, I am planning a women's retreat. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so maybe you're seeing an epic woman come together and all these women you just mentioned would come. So does Daisy's have anything to, where does that Daisy's relate to the place or the... Not that I know of, but I'm thinking. Yeah, that's very interesting. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see if daisies, maybe I'm stay, I'm planning it at a resort. There's daisies around or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm seeing the daisies and very clearly like a bunch of daisies and then them being pulled together and there's like a note on the flowers and it's, it's feeling very sisterly <clears throat> and very woman. And would you bring your daughter to the retreat? No, probably not. So maybe that's. No. Yeah. Okay. Not that it couldn't be the retreat, but I'm feeling like this is a family thing. <clears throat> and this is like where you bring your daughter and you have like a, like, like a woman's thing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. I'm trying to see what else comes in here. So your son, did he just get like some new clothes or some new? Yeah. New shoes. Uh-huh. Okay. And he's feeling really good about them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I see. Is he going to a party or something with them? He is. No, we're, he's some of it's for Italy trip, but some of it okay. he's going to wear. He's wearing different things to school and just like feeling good in his things. Yeah. I see him feeling very excited about shoes in particular and just new clothes. And I feel like even though it sounds silly, like 
these new items are giving him like some kind of confidence or making him feel really, I don't know if that makes sense. Like he's feeling really, really good. He, you know, he's coming through some challenges that he had and they're like behind him. And the clothes are almost like symbolic for him where he's like, I'm this new person. I'm like this new me and here's me and I'm in these clothes and I'm all badass. And I'm just seeing him really like flourish with that. And it seems like he bought them to go somewhere and it makes sense. That would be for the trips. Yeah. I think you'll, I think you'll see him. Some of that you're picking up is he's got a girlfriend and the girlfriend has been giving him things. And so he's feeling like everything she gives him, like it's little chain she gave him and she gave shirts and, then he found this hat in his closet that he forgot about and he started wearing that. He's just having this, so exactly what you're saying is happening. Okay, cool. So I feel very good about all of that. I see a lot of, a lot of confidence and a lot of growth for him coming with all that. So excited. I love that. I'm feeling that too. Yay. Okay. Well, that's, that was a good one. I love that. All right. We're going to go on to the speed round. I'm going to have to let you go, even though I would love to keep going and have more. If you have anything else that you can let me know after. What does it mean to you, Tammy, to be a warrior woman? I am a, I'm a warrior woman because I'm a loving rebel and I'm not afraid to fight for what's right. I believe I can make a difference and that's what makes me dangerous. I love that you're a loving rebel, love, loving rebel and you're a divine disruptor. So it's all happening. What is a mantra or quote you live by? My mantra is we are one. It's like we are one. That just answers everything. And the quote that I live by is pain is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. So true. Rumi says that. So true. Um, What makes you feel unstoppable? Having gone through the certification program that we did and having that program and synergy and knowing that synergy is available, available to me at any time really makes me feel unstoppable. Yeah. It's all there all the time, all the possibilities. I love that. Yeah. What are you most proud of? There's a lot, but definitely most is probably my son. He's pretty amazing and he's got the most amazing personality. And I just, every day I look at him and I see what's right with the world and all the best parts of me and my husband. So. And do they understand like what you do? Not really. My husband still doesn't totally believe. And he wonders sometimes if he should sleep not next to me at night. He's like, is, uh, what's going to happen? Jump over. <laughs> and Sammy just says, oh, mommy and her, her silly magic again. But, you know, they, they're mostly in the 3D and mommy goes to <laughs> other dimensions and then I come back down. Yeah, you're in the 5D, girl. What is exciting you the most right now? Being part of the consciousness revolution and helping to heal the world cursed by the unbalanced patriarchy and religious oppression, normalizing the intangible parts of life, the metaphysical parts of life, awakening, helping humans awaken to that part of ourselves. Really exciting. I mean, if you want to know that I have never heard that damn answer in my entire hundred-ish episodes, Tammy, but I could not agree more. You are part of the consciousness revolution and this patriarchal, what did you call it? Patriarchal, what is the curse? Unbalanced, yeah. The curse by the unbalanced patriarchy and uh, religious oppression. <laughs> cursed by the unbalanced patriarchy. You know, I, I, I heard somebody mention, I think I mentioned this in the podcast before, like 
during the last election cycle. You know, a lot of people have been, you know, all the things going on in the world. There's a lot of like, you know, there's like, we're very divided, all the things going on, war, I mean, whatever. A lot of this, someone equated to America is just being born. Like this is the pain of childbirth because we really, we have not even begun to do the work that we are really here to do as a nation and bringing everyone together and caring about people and being conscious, like you talked about. And so that this is the pain of childbirth, but that we will come out and there will be something good from this. So I have to believe that is true. And I think you're part of that. So thank you so much for coming on today and educating us, but also making us think a little bit behind the 3D and knowing that we can have healing, we can have healing and we can move forward. So I love you, Tammy. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. It was awesome to be here with you today. Thank you. Okay. Thank you everyone for joining me. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five star written review. This is Liz Swadek and the Conversation with Warrior Women podcast. And just remember, every woman has a story. You just have to ask her. Bye everyone.